You're listening to Cannabis Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to Episode 1 of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Thank you for joining us on this fascinating journey into the world of medical cannabis. This is not a podcast about the recreational use of marijuana. There are lots of websites and podcasts about that, and that's great. We have no argument. This podcast is about informing listeners of the many health benefits of cannabis through interviews with experts and those knowledgeable about this amazing plant that was used for thousands of years and widely used by doctors until the American government began demonizing marijuana in the late 1930s, and the war on marijuana has continued ever since. Besides interviewing knowledgeable people, we're going to bring you the many, many stories of people who were ill or a loved one was ill, and their health was turned around by using cannabis. We'll even talk to people who were at death's door, who recovered, and are healthy today thanks to the remarkable powers within marijuana. No matter where listeners are in the world, our mission is to help people help themselves. We should state outright that we are not healthcare professionals, and anything stated on this program should not be construed as medical advice. The first story we're going to delve into in our initial podcast is the remarkable story of my co-host Corey Yelland, who in early October of this year celebrated four years of being cancer-free after being told she would be dead within months for refusing radiation. Corey, take us back to the very beginning of your story. Prior to your cancer diagnosis, what was your health like? (laughs) My health was not good. Uh, In 2007, I had a heart attack and double bypass surgery. Um, as a result of that, I ended up with a condition called post-sternotomy syndrome, as well as having a malaligned sternum. Uh, so life was pretty bleak. I spent the day on painkillers, couldn't wait for night to come, would take a sleeping pill, go to sleep, wake up a couple hours later in agony, sit on my balcony, rocking back and forth, crying in pain until morning. In the morning, I'd be, okay, I made it through another night. And that was my life day in and day out. How many painkillers did you take a day? Ooh, this was a five-year ordeal, just about five years, and uh, I was on everything from 10 to 15 Tylenol 3s a day, Percocet, Oxycodone, uh, oh, Dilaudid, uh, Opium, um, you name it. You had it all. I had it all. Were you hooked on those? I don't think I was hooked, and I have this whole whole theory on that when when it's going for pain you just don't get hooked i guess so, you know yeah. certainly that's that i think was the case in my case but uh yeah nothing would really touch the pain it was there was nothing that really worked it was all very temporary so you had this heart issue and uh you were not that healthy no and you went to the doctor because of what uh because i was getting some abdominal pain mhm and uh I really was not expecting to, you know, for anything big to happen. I just was getting some, you know, like abdominal cramping and stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. I thought it would was maybe post-menopause stuff. I wasn't sure, but I certainly wasn't, you know, expecting any big news. And what did the doctors tell you? Uh, when I went in and saw the specialist... Uh, he looked a little concerned when I spoke to him in his office before he examined me. And uh, 
then when he started to examine me, he took one look, and he wasn't one of these guys that was really warm and fuzzy, but he just looked at me and he said, I'm sorry, I am so sorry. You need to see your doctor, and you need to see your doctor right now. And within two weeks, I was in the operating room for diagnostic uh, procedures. So he didn't at the time, he didn't tell you what was wrong with you? No, he pretty much hinted at, that it was something very serious. He said, you can't wait, you need to go there today. So what was it like for you uh, to know something was wrong with you, something seriously wrong with you, and you had to wait two weeks to really find out what it was like? Uh, well, it didn't take two weeks to find it all out because uh, I was having these different tests done, and I saw okay. the surgeon before I went into the OR, and I said to him, do you think it's cancer? He said, yes, yes, it, it is cancer. It was actually fairly abrupt. But, uh, yeah. So you went in for surgery. Yes. And uh, you got out of surgery. What did they tell you? Um, this doctor was amazing, actually. It turned out being, to be an amazing guy. He talked to me before he put me out and uh, tried to reassure me. And he actually was sitting by my uh, bed when I came to and, you know, told me that, yes, he had confirmed that it was cancer and um, that I'd have to go to the cancer clinic, et cetera, and that he'd see me in his office. Now, when you were diagnosed with anal canal cancer, the same cancer that took the life of Farrah Fawcett, yes. by the way, uh, American actress Farrah Fawcett, uh, and you opted for surgery, and uh, you come out of surgery, and what did the doctor say to you about your future prognosis? Well, first of all, understand that when they did the surgery, it was a diagnostic procedure. It wasn't like, we're going to get rid of these things. It was, we need to go in and do a bunch of biopsies to see, to, to determine what stage you're at or, you know, mm -hmm. what exactly we're dealing with. You know, is this a squamous cell carcinoma? Is this an adenocarcinoma, et cetera? Uh, when I spoke with the surgeon, he was um, basically fairly matter of fact. He said, this is what you got to do. You've got to have radiation. That's the next step. And that was pretty much it until I went to the cancer clinic. So when they said radiation, what, was, what, what did you tell them? Or did you tell them anything? I didn't tell them anything because okay. I had to go to the cancer clinic to do that. And yeah. um, I, I was pretty much in stunned mode at that stage in the game. You know, you're still kind of reeling with the news and trying to absorb it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and to be honest, at that point in the game, I had no idea what radiation would, entail, would entail. So you went to the cancer clinic. What did they tell you about radiation? Well, when I got there, it was kind of like a meat market, you know, and the doctor was very matter-of-fact. Uh, I took two people with me to make sure I heard everything clearly and properly. Mm -hmm. uh, but I remember him saying very nonchalantly, well, you know, this is the worst part of the body to treat. We're going to hit your coccyx and your pubic bones so you'll have bone deterioration. We'll try not to hit your spine. Uh, you, you know, you're going to have second, third degree burns vaginally, rectally, paraanally. And um, he said, your vagina will probably fuse shut and your rectum will probably fuse shut too. But don't worry about that. We'll just take you up to the operating room and dilate you. And I remember thinking to myself in that moment, I don't freaking think so. So you got this terrible uh, news from, from your doctor. You went home. Did you have to give uh, them an indication right away that you, you refused radiation, or did you do that later? Well, actually what happened was, uh, first of all, he wouldn't give me straight answers on pain control, and he would not give me straight answers on long-term side effects. 
So some of the long-term side effects of this lovely mode of treatment uh, are things such as you will never know again when you have to go to the bathroom. You won't even so much as get a tummy cramp. You'll have constant diarrhea. Um, you can end up with lymphedemia, uh, peripheral neuropathy. It just went on and on and on. Bone bone damage so bad that you can't stand, etc. Um, all sorts of different things. Many people end up with a colostomy. Um, so lots of really, really horrific things. And, you know, I'm talking about some of these personal details because that's the reality of radiation. Mm-hmm. That's the reality of cancer treatment. It's horrible. It's not about losing your hair with chemotherapy and throwing up. So in my case, uh, I said to the doctor that I wanted some time to think about this. I didn't say that I wasn't going to do it. I didn't even say I was going to do something alternative. I just said I wanted some time to think about it. He got up. He walked out of the room. As he was walking out of the room, he told me that I had two to four months, six on the outside, muttered something about me having a death wish, and walked out. So we sat there for a few minutes, and then my girlfriend looked at me and said, well, I I guess we're done here. So we went upstairs to the library um, to read up on anal cancer, and there's not a lot out there on that particular cancer, but um, what we could find, um, what was the number one cause of anal cancer? Radiation. So I'm thinking, let me get this straight. You want to radiate me to get rid of cancer to what? Create more cancer? It just didn't make sense to me. And you told me the story a couple of weeks ago of a young woman who was 32 who uh, had the same cancer as you Mm -hmm. and uh, went the conventional route with radiation. And some of the problems she encounters today, which are horrific, Mm -hmm. especially uh, not knowing when when you have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And it's just involuntary. It's horrible. She goes over 100 times a day to the bathroom. She's been all over the world looking for help. She was uh, an oncology nurse. And she said, I, Corey, I wish to God I had never, ever had to have this done. Mm. Mm. So you went home. Uh, you were thinking about radiation. You didn't give them a, a definitive answer. No. And you went home. What did you do next? Uh, my sister sent me a video called Run From the Cure, uh, which sat in my mailbox for about a week because I could see it was an hour long. And I, I used to work counseling cancer patients, uh, terminally ill cancer patients and their families coming from a holistic vein. And I thought basically I already knew anything there was to know about holistic ways. Um, so I didn't really watch any of it, actually, until she phoned me and said, have you watched it? And um, after I hung up, I thought, okay, I'll watch 10 minutes a day just to get her off my back. And I sat down and watched the first 10 minutes and went, whoa, and watched the whole thing. And I knew, it was like I knew. This was it. This was what was going to save me. So Rick Simpson's video, Run From the Cure. Uh, Rick, and uh, that's a video that's been watched by probably hundreds of thousands, hundreds of, thousands of yeah. people around the world. Yeah. Okay, you watch the video. Yeah. What did you do next? I, I got on the phone and I phoned a uh, physician friend of mine, mine in Italy, very well-known uh, man, and said, you know, Danielle, what do you know about this? And he's like, oh, Corey, we've been using cannabinoids for years with cancer here. So what I did from there is uh, research it day in, day out. That's all I did was research cannabis oil and cancer. And I was stunned by the amount of medical evidence out there. Absolutely blown away. 
So uh, you decided to make your own? Or could you, no. could you buy some at no. that time? No, I was completely on my own then. There weren't any Facebook groups or anything. I mm-hmm. just had the video run from the cure in the website phoenixtears.ca. Um, I got signed up at the Victoria Cannabis Buyers Club, uh, went through their intake procedure, etc. And then I went up to the you know counter and said, yes, I'd like to buy some cannabis oil. And they said, we don't have that. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't have it? And the, I can remember, even now, the mm-hmm. feeling of complete and utter desperation, thinking that I'd finally got somewhere where I could get this oil that would hopefully save my life, and then find out they didn't have any. That they didn't carry it. They just didn't carry it. And there weren't the number of dispensaries that there are now in Victoria. Yeah. So you know, what did you do? I got online and... Uh, watched Run From The Cure again and went on the Phoenix Tears website and there were printed instructions on how to make it and um, I made my own with the help of um, friends. Um, I'm on a disability pension so I I didn't have a lot of money. Um, I have an amazing group of friends who would raise a bit of money at a time for me. I'd go and I'd buy an ounce or two ounces of cannabis and make enough oil to keep me going and that's what I did. Corey, when you started taking <clears throat> cannabis, uh, did you notice a difference? How long did it take before you noticed a difference in how you felt? Well, the first thing I noticed was that I was sleeping because I hadn't had a decent night's sleep in years. Because you were racked with pain. Racked with pain, yeah. Within 10 days, I was down to taking a half a Tylenol 3 a day. 10 days? Yeah. I hadn't even thought of of this oil helping with any of that. I was all about just trying to cure my cancer. So this was like a bonus that I hadn't even mm-hmm. counted on happening. So you went from about taking uh, maybe 10 to 15 uh, painkillers a day down to half a one? No, I went from 10 to 15 Tylenol 3, never mind the dilaudid and everything oh, else on top of that. So you were popping them. Yeah. Just, oh my gosh, I had a tolerance that was out of this world. Yeah. Interesting. So was it difficult to make your own? No, it's actually really easy, but you you have to be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, you you want to make it outside, um, you know, or at that point you certainly did. Um, you want to use a fan to get you know rid of the fumes, um, you know, because it can can explode. So you want to be careful. So what we did was everybody watched the video a number of times. On uh, there's a video on actually mm-hmm. how to make it, and then we all had a set of printed instructions as well. So there was I don't four or five of us there that were making it with me to make sure that we did it right. And, mm-hmm. and so you, you got your cannabis oil. And I should go back a bit. When you were also at the doctor, you had uh, skin cancer on your collar, mm-hmm. collarbone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you put some oil on the skin cancer on your collarbone. What happened? I think it was a week and it was gone. Just disappeared? Yeah. Did it kind of shrivel up and just drop off? Dried out and then would peel out. off. Peel off. Mm-hmm. Which yes. uh, I understand because you got uh, an email from someone because you help people all around the world who uh, had cancer and uh, they opened her up and found out the cancer had shrunk and they just they just peeled peeled off, off the tumors. Yeah, I peeled just got that letter last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. So you're uh, you're way down in your intake of um, painkillers. You're on oil, you're taking it internally, and but because you were on a disability income, you didn't 
do that every day. Do I have that right? No, I didn't. I didn't get up to the amount that was recommended. You know, there's so much more new information out there now. But um, at that time, what they recommended was that you try to ingest 60 grams in 90 days. I couldn't ingest, uh, so at the, t- the height of that, you're ingesting a gram a day. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that physically, and I couldn't do that monetarily, yeah. because it gets expensive. And people say uh, a gram a day is a lot, but you have this funny story that we'll tell uh, in, in the weeks ahead about this fellow who... Uh, took, oh, yes, yeah. He took 40 grams yes. at one time. Yes. I mean, that would knock off... An elephant, mm-hmm. but he was fine. He was fine. Slept yes. a lot. Yes, but, he was, but fine. he was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and and uh, there is no known case. My understanding is there is no known case of anyone dying from taking too much cannabis. No, not one. Interesting. So you uh, you started taking uh, cannabis oil, and did you go back to the doctor for frequent checkups? No, because <laughs> I didn't want any more bad news. Um, I was convinced, you know, again, keeping in mind, I was completely on my own. There was nobody I could kind of call up or go, you know, message on Facebook and ask about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my mind, I was convinced because I hadn't gotten up to the gram a day that I still had cancer. It was obvious to me that it was um, shrinking because I had t- tumors internally and externally. Mm-hmm. So I could tell that it was shrinking. But I was convinced that I was, still had cancer. I didn't go back to the doctor for a year. And, you know, when, when we talk about the fact that I've just finished being four years cancer-free, that's confirmed cancer-free with the actual biopsies, etc. I've probably been clear closer to five years. Mm-hmm. But because I waited so long to go back to the doctor, um, we don't know for sure. But I suspect I've been clear for almost five years. Were people, uh, you said you have friends who helped you out. Mm-hmm. Were others, once they knew you were on cannabis oil, because we're talking about five years ago when it wasn't as uh, prominent as yes, it is today. That's correct. Were people opposed to what you were doing? You know, it's tough. Um, with friends, there were some that were more supportive than others. There were some that were, it wasn't that they weren't supportive, they were skeptical. More than More than not supportive. Nobody said you were crazy, though. No, not to my face. <laughs> <laughs> not to your face. <laughs> During your uh, research on this, you met a woman in Texas who was diagnosed with the same cancer you had. Yeah. Tell, she, us, tell us that story. She was the same age as me. We were diagnosed within days of each other. Same diagnosis, same prognosis, same proposed method of treatment. Um. And we, you know, messaged back and forth and talked, and I uh, sent her some information on oil and said, you know, I've decided that this is what I'm going to do. And she opted for radiation. Um, I got a letter at Christmas time from her husband um, saying that she had passed away from uh, radi- inf- uh, infection to radiation burns mm-hmm. and left behind a 12-year-old daughter, I believe it was. Yeah, what people don't realize is that, as you mentioned before, uh, radiation and chemotherapy aren't just about losing your hair. No. They can have long-term effects. Horrible, long-term, the gift that keeps on giving. The gift that keeps on giving, absolutely. 
Yeah. Now, when you were went to the doctor, and the doctor, who was somewhat, um, I should say, not really supportive, who said you had a death wish, mm-hmm. uh, and he found out that you were clear of cancer. What was his response? Oh, I haven't seen him at all. I haven't gone back to him. But my oh. GP, my GP um, was, he didn't even want to know what I was doing, actually. Um, he covered his ears and went, la, 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 when I tried to tell him. After I was clear, he did a 180. He's like, Corey, cannabinoids are amazing. Do you know how many people we kill each day with pharmaceuticals? We had this chat for half an hour on cannabinoids and how good they are for people. Corey, uh, what made you set up a a Facebook page and start helping others? Well, I said all along, if this worked, I'd spend the rest of my life telling people about it. Um, And that's what I do, you know. Um, I don't know that when I was taking the oil that I really thought it would cure me. I remember looking at this tube of black stuff and thinking, this is going to save my life. And... I was aiming for, I kept saying, even if this just holds it at bay, you know, even if, it, if, if I never get rid of these tumors and it just holds it at bay, that was going to be good enough for me. But when it was gone, 100% completely gone, I mean, how can you not tell other people about it? Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I'm, I'm a, a possessed woman <laughs> on a mission. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, certainly, uh, you certainly are possessed. <laughs> I think. How many people uh, do you think you've helped save their lives over the course of the last four years that you've been doing this? Wow. Um, that I know of, easily a thousand people, easily mm-hmm. a thousand. But, you know, then I'll hear through the grapevine of so-and-so that I've had completely forgotten about and thought they'd passed away and they're thriving. They, yes, they've got rid of that brain tumor and they're back at work and doing great. So the ones that I know of, about a thousand plus people. It's uh, interesting when we first uh, posted the fact that uh, we would be doing this and uh, we got our website up and our Facebook page up. It was interesting to see the response from some of your fans because uh, on the Facebook page of Cannabis Health Radio, Within 24 hours, we got over 1,000 likes, and uh, people are, uh, I mean, people all around the world revere you. Where do you get most of your inquiries from? Where does it vary? It really varies. I tend to do, I call it the country of the week. (laughs) I think what happens is somebody will post my story, and it'll get shared in that area of the world, and then all of a sudden I'll have, you know, 75, 100 messages from people in India or Holland, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Were you somewhat uh, taken aback by the response when you set up this page? Yes. Because you do it seven days a week, from early in the morning to late at night. To late at night. I've done it nonstop now for, uh, well, almost five years, yeah. Yeah. One of the things you said to me uh, when you and I started uh, doing this program, we actually uh, were doing this on commercial radio once a month. And uh, you said to me, once you save one person's life, you become hooked. Yeah. And you're hooked. Yeah. I remember the first person um, that I helped save was an 86-year-old woman with stage 3 colon cancer with METs to the lymph nodes, I think it was. And uh, she's still alive and well. 
Interesting. Yeah, 86 yeah. years old. And uh, I've, I've read that uh, one of the biggest users of, or those people who are inquiring most about uh, the use of cannabis are people over the age of 60. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Now, Corey, um, I want to tell our listeners uh, that Cannabis Radio is listener-supported radio, and to succeed in our mission to help people throughout the world, just as Corey is doing, we rely on our listeners for contributions of any amount. If you'd like to assist us in our mission, please go to our website, canadahealthradio.com, and click on the Donate icon in the upper right hand of the webpage. Now, Corey, when you said uh, once you uh, help someone, uh, save their life. You get hooked. And when you and I were doing this uh, once a month on commercial radio, this is an email from Jocelyn, the woman who lives in British Columbia. She sent this email to me when I was interviewing Corey on the commercial radio station I worked for. And here's what she said. Dear Mr. Jessup, several weeks ago, you had a guest on your station who had cured her cancer with cannabinoid therapy. I was back east at the time visiting my daughter who had just been diagnosed with stage four terminal colon cancer. It came as a huge shock to us. Jill has always been healthy and eats well, exercises, and maintains a healthy lifestyle. As I sat in the ICU beside my daughter's bed, listening to the machines and watching her struggle for each breath, for some reason, your show came to mind, and I tuned in on my laptop, which I brought with me. Lo and behold, there was your guest speaking about curing cancer. Talk about destiny, Mr. Jessup. I want you to know your show and Corey Yelland just may have saved my daughter's life. I could not believe what I was hearing on your broadcast, and I tracked Corey down. What an incredible woman. That kind soul talked with me for a good hour. Then she Skyped with both Jill and myself. The doctors had pretty much told Jill to get her affairs in order at the tender age of 26. They'd offered chemo, but only on a palliative level. She had one round before I made it to Ontario, and as a result of horrific complications was in the intensive care unit of the local hospital fighting for her very life. Corey instructed me on where to find the oil and how much to take, and we started Jill on it. Mr. Jessup, the difference after such a short time is mind-boggling. My daughter has come from the brink of death to looking healthier than she has looked for a long time. We were told she may not last the week. Her stomach that was so swollen from acids and tumors is flat. She could not eat or drink. Now she's doing both. Her tumor marker levels have dropped down to almost normal. She's home and says she is never having another drop of chemo. There is no doubt my daughter will be completely free of cancer in no time. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for bringing such a life-saving savior on your show and to my world. Because of you both, I have my daughter today. With tears and gratitude, Jocelyn. And uh, that, uh, that actually struck a nerve with me, Corey, because it uh, relates to the fact that once you help one person, you get hooked. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was fascinating to hear that uh, someone heard our podcast uh, when I was doing this with a commercial radio station, and uh, their daughter's life was saved. Yeah. That's huge when you think about it. Yeah, it does. It really gets to you emotional, yeah. doesn't it? Well, it just got to me when you were reading it there. Oh, I'm oh, like, did it? whoa. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I remember that. Yeah, I remember talking to her and yeah. you know, her saying, you've given me hope. Yeah, which is exactly what you were looking for when, yeah. when you had it. Yes. Yeah, you give yeah. people hope. 
Yeah, you are revered by thousands for your selfless dedication to helping others. Do you meet the odd person, Corey, that just refuses to take cannabis oil? Yes. And, but you can't force people to do it, can you? No, lead a horse to water. You know, I sometimes get messages from people, can you talk my mom, my sister, my aunt, my girlfriend into taking this? And I say, sorry, I can't. I can give you the information to show them. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it's their decision. It's their decision. Yeah, that's right. Now uh, we should uh, we should give a shout out to Joss in Germany, uh, who we're going to interview in the coming weeks. Who has a great line for people reluctant to take cannabis oil because they might get high. Mm-hmm. He tells them, "Do you want to get high, or do you want to die?" I love that. <laughs> Isn't that great? It is great. Yeah. Because you, there's no question, you do get high. Yes, you do. But you build up a tolerance to it. You build up a tolerance. You start out slowly, build up that tolerance so that you're comfortable with it. Yeah. yeah. Sh- should I tell listeners my story about taking cannabis oil? I think you should. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, about, uh, I guess it was April of this year, uh, I got some cannabis oil, and Corey told me her instructions were only take half a grain of rice, the size of a half a grain of rice. So I took it, and about an hour later, I said to my partner, Lisa, I said, I don't feel anything. Maybe I should take some more. And, (laughs) of course, uh, instead of taking half a grain, I took a full grain. And, uh, man, uh, the dreams that were going through my head that entire (laughs) night, I'm laying in bed, and I wake up, and I thought, I have got to go to the bathroom, but I can't get up. (laughs) <laughs> so I woke up the next morning and uh, around nine o'clock I had a wicked headache because I was thirsty and um, I laid down on the couch and I thought man I don't feel that great so I mm-hmm. went back to bed around 10 and slept till four in the afternoon <laughs> and then you felt better and then I felt better yeah yeah, yeah. but I, I knew nothing there would be no harmful effects yeah it's just a matter, uh, I guess my body was not used to it. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the very first time you took it? Yes. Did you uh, Did you get high? A little bit, but you know what? I was scared, so scared the first time I took it. I had a friend stay with me for nine hours, because I'm the queen of paranoia on, on cannabis. That's mm-hmm. why I quit smoking cannabis as a teenager, young adult, because I kept getting paranoid. Yeah. So, um... I was really, really frightened that I was going to get paranoid, which I didn't. Yeah. And uh, some people, uh, particularly men who have prostate cancer, should uh, a good idea would be to take this rectally. Yes. But when you talk to people uh, around the world about taking cannabis rectally, they just say, I'm not going to do that. I have had that said to me on more than one occasion, yes. And I don't understand that because if it can help you, who cares? Who cares? I know I have one woman particularly I re- who stands out in my mind whose husband has prostate cancer, and it's very aggressive. It's a very aggressive form. And he absolutely flat out refuses to do suppositories. Yet the best thing for him to do would be a suppository where you get that cannabis oil as close as possible to the cancer. Certainly in mm. my case, um, I started out doing cannabis oil orally, and then I started doing suppositories as well. But if so, you have if you have suppositories, you don't get the the you don't get the high. You don't get the high. You don't get the high. And ninety, it's, they say ninety percent of cases. But I've talked to thousands and thousands of people, and I've only ever met one, or talked to one person who got high that way. 
Mm. But you don't want to put it in too far. You just want to just pass the sphincter muscle. If you put it up too far, then it gets picked up by the vagus nerve, I think it is. And then you do get high. But you got high, though, didn't you? Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Do you still take cannabis oil? I do. I do. I'm on a maintenance dose, and I take some every night. Every night. Yeah. Just once a day. Once a day, yes. You know, I want to... uh, talk to you about going back to some of the stories that people have uh we posted on our website the story of the family in serbia yes whose young daughter was near death and you told them about cannabis oil tell us that story i was uh contacted uh four octobers ago now um by a serbian woman living in london england who had a sister who still lived in Serbia, who had a five-year-old daughter with a tumor between the brain and the skull. They had done all the chemo and radiation. Nothing had worked, and the little girl had been sent home to live out her last days. She was indeed dying. Her organs had begun to shut down. She was uh, unconscious for the most part, and but she was seizuring almost constantly from the pressure on the brain. And did I think the, the oil would stop the seizures? And I said, yes, absolutely I did. So um, got them pointed in the right direction, and the little girl, the the mom started giving the little girl oil, and um, that was the end of it, or so I thought. And a year later, I get this incredibly emotional email from the parents saying that the child's um, up and playing, that the tumor's 75% gone, and they're going to go visit relatives on the weekend that they haven't seen in three years because she'd been too sick to travel. And then fast forward to Christmas time, I got another email from them saying they had changed her name from Anna to Bojana, which means a little warrior, that she was back in school. Here was a picture of her in her Christmas pageant, mm-hmm. and that cancer was 100% gone. And she's alive today and yeah. 100% cancer-free. Amazing. Even yeah. telling that story, I can see you get choked yeah, up, don't you? I do, I do. And it's like, how can you not tell people about this? Yeah. Corey, uh, is there anything you want to say in conclusion? Uh, I guess I want to say it's going to be great working with you. Yeah, I'm very excited about this. uh, We had this idea since the summer, and uh, we thought uh, I had uh, coffee with a friend of mine, and uh, I was encouraged after uh, being in commercial radio that uh, people wanted me to start a podcast. But uh, so... I talked with him about uh, a podcast, and so we went through some scenarios, and he said, why don't you start a podcast with Corey Elland? So I phoned you, and you said, yes, let's do yeah, it. Let's yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, make it sound like it's a professional radio program, which we uh, are doing, I hope, mm-hmm. and uh, dedicate this to listeners all around the world who want to uh, use cannabis as an alternative treatment for themselves or their loved ones or their friends. And I think the work that you've done on Facebook, I think we can expand even further on uh, this podcast, Cannabis Health Radio. That's, that's, my, that's my hope. Um, for me, it's all about getting the word out there and saving some lives. You know, share our website, share our Facebook page, tell somebody cannabis can save your life. Yeah, and uh, we never would have got this far without the support of some incredible people. And Curtis, our tech guy, uh, who's with us today to guide us through the process, 
because <laughs> we're not technical people. We are not techies. <laughs> no, just saying. Uh, Curtis, I cannot express my gratitude for what you've done for us because uh, we are forever in your debt. Another person who has been absolutely brilliant is my partner, Lisa, who is the creative genius behind the design of the logo website and who has helped us beyond measure with many important things that usually drive us crazy. But she manages to get through them all and does a brilliant job. And finally, my old buddy, Greg, who was instrumental in helping us get started. To all, thank you very much. And if you have any questions or a story you'd like to tell us, simply email us at info at CannabisHealthRadio.com and we welcome all comments. Corey, anything you want to say in conclusion? Just that I'm really looking forward to getting this information out there, working with you, saving some more lives, and uh, helping some people with different disease conditions. Yeah, it's been great. And wherever you are in the world, thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.